0: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you, everyone. How's everyone doing? Man, earlier it was lit. I was enjoying that. Team Jesus, right? Team Christ, I'm sorry. When you drop one, let me know, because I would like to buy one. That's all I'll be, you know, I put my, my daughter up on a, a Christian rap, and she loves it in the car. She just be bopping her head in the car. So... Um, but how's everyone doing? Everyone's good. I, I just uh, I would like to introduce my wife, Melissa Barrigan. She's over there. She's accompanying me. She's my she is my better, 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 better half. Um, and then um, I have my little precious, uh, my little uh, chimichanga over there, uh, Penelope. She just turned three last week, and uh, I have a 12-year-old son, but he's not here. But um, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. I, I, I believe I visited this church uh, decades ago, or, or more than a decade ago. I don't know. I, probably, was a, probably a was one of those uh, campaign events or whatever. And um, uh, my friend used to go to this church. Um, uh, he was known as uh, DJ Who. I believe, right? DJ who? Yeah. DJ who? Julio. So uh, he used to, I think, it was a year, more than decades ago. But um, but it's good to be here. It's good to be here. When she told me about the church, I already knew the spouse. Oh, I know where he's at. I definitely know where he's at. I used to visit here a couple of times. Um, but it's it's good being here. And um, and you know, no matter what, God is amazing. How many believe that? You know. I, I my wife and I, my family, we just, we just got off of a season, a dry season, and now we're entering in, we entered, just entered into this new season that God has in store for us, and, but how many here can give glory to God for the seasons that come in our lives, yeah. you know? Um, you know, I just want to share with you this verse, and it's not, um, it's not, it's, it's not really uh, part of the preaching. But um, it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse three through four. And uh, it sheds some light in our life. Uh, it sheds hope in your life. When you're going through situations in your life, um, there is a purpose why we go through the things that we go through, or why we struggle in the things that we struggle in our life. And we could take comfort in this. And the word of God says, "All praises to God, the Father, our Lord, Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. So remember this, that whatever you're going through, God is there to comfort you. But there is a purpose because he's preparing you, he's equipping you, because you're gonna be able to minister to someone else and say, you know what? I know where you're going through. And you can be able to minister to them. It's kind of like the way Jesus was. They, Jesus could say, I understand you because I was in your shoes. I was able to resist temptation. I was able to die for you. If, if Christ never resisted temptation, if he didn't submit. Through the the humanistic ways, that he can never understand us, he can never be on our level. But the Bible says he was made lower than the angels, in order for it for him to understand our problems, our struggles, that he can better minister through us. That's not even part of the preaching, but I just wanted to share that with you. All right, all right. So um, you know what? While we all standing, let's all um open our word um. Just while you open your word, um, let's open to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15 through 16. I'm going to be jumping all over 43, so you can just stay on Isaiah 43, but I'll be jumping around scripture throughout there. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but I'm going to be attacking certain uh, verses in this chapter, and uh, while you're looking for that, I just want to say that uh, my wife and I, we come from the Church of the Sanctuary Fellowship. Uh, It's located on St. Peter's on St. Peter's Avenue. Um, My senior pastor is George Martinez uh, and also my lead pastors are uh, Bird and Alice Boca Chica and um, they're the ones uh, under the umbrella of the Sanctuary Fellowship. I work closely with uh, my wife and I, we work closely with the pastors under the Spanish which is um, TSF Español Santuario. Um, I'm the sister asked me, um, are you, uh, how are you preaching, in English or Spanish? So, well, I prepare the message in English, but um, I'll try to speak in some Spanish. You know, my Spanish no es very good looking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, un poquito matado, but, you know, I, cuando yo empiezo a hablar en español, yo pedí que el Espíritu Santo abre tus oídos y tú puedes entender algo tan dulce. So you won't hear that that chopped up Spanish, but I'm going to try. Amen? All right. The Word of God says this. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Father, Lord, we come before your holy, divine presence, my Lord, at this very moment. I ask you, Lord, that you may open up hearts, open up minds, my Lord Jesus, that they may be able to receive your word, my Lord, and what you have in store for them, that that. That this message may not just cater to the youth, but may cater to every individual here this evening in this church, my Lord Jesus. That that they may be able to receive what you have in store for them, my Lord. That they may be, be able to understand and not lose hope that you will always be there with them in the midst of trouble, in the midst of their circumstances. That you will walk them through the mighty waters, my Lord Jesus. That tonight, this evening, my Lord Jesus, whatever situation, whatever problems, whatever may come against them or whatever they may Whatever they may be going through this evening, my Lord Jesus. And you may speak to them. They may be able to feel you this evening. That tonight, this evening, may be an evening of transformation, an evening of redemption, an evening, my Lord, of restoration over people's lives, my Lord. And also an evening of reaffirmation over people's lives, my Lord, that, that their faith may begin to grow this evening, my Lord Jesus. All this I ask in your Precious name, amen. Y'all may be seated. I'm not expecting you to stand up. I'm going to try not to take too much of your time. Um, I'm going to try to give give this to you in uh, 25 minutes, or maybe 30 minutes, maybe 35, maybe 40. No, but I'm not going to take too much of your time. Um, I want to get into the, into the core of the message and um, see, I can better remember it. Because I, I know when I was in your shoes and, man, once that 40-minute that I started looking at my watch, 40 minutes, I was like, that's it. I'm not, I, past 40 minutes, I wasn't even hearing what's going on after that. But uh, I want you to grasp everything, what's going on. Um, I'm also going to be jumping from Exodus. So, but just stay in Isaiah, Okay? In this chapter, there are many prophetic passages in Isaiah. The prophet foresaw a time of great difficulties. And I'm just going to give you a brief background, brief history of what's going on in Isaiah. It was a time where there would be captives to the enemy. This was a time where Isaiah already saw the future, foreknew it set, and knew that Israel was going to be captives. And this was a time, chapter 43 was a time where Israel was captive by, the, by, by Babylon. It would be a time where they would be taken from their homeland. Iba a ser un tiempo cuando ellos iban a ser sacado de su hogar. And exiled in foreign country. Y exiliado en un país extranjero. How's my Spanish so far? All right, the Holy Spirit is already working. Their home and temple will be destroyed. Everything that was about them was going to be destroyed. They were going to be captive. The exile, years of exile, años de exilio, it became many decades, se convirtieron en décadas. So this was something that was just years became decades and decades and decades. Años se convirtiendo en décadas. Y la cuestión que estaba quemando el corazón de ellos, the question that was burning in their hearts, was that if, if this situation was hopeless, is there any hope in this situation? They've been captive for decades. Some of them were even born in captivity. So all they knew was being captive. What does this remind you of? I think I heard someone said Egypt. You know, were, some of them were just born in captive. Some of them were born in this hopeless situation. Maybe some of them did not see the hand of God move in so long. Some of them probably even forgot who God was. It's crazy, right? While being captive, while being bound in this situation, we sometimes lose hope. We sometimes forget who God is in our life. Or who God is. Who is God anymore? And the thing about it, what's, what's crucial about it is that Our identity, everything of who we are, is founded on our faith. We lose our faith. We lose who we are. Si perdemos la fe, perdemos quien somos nosotros. We lose our identity. When you were saved, you were saved by what? Through faith. When you pray... You pray through what? Through faith. When you pray over healing, you pray what? Through faith. Everything we do in our daily life is through what? Through faith. We lose that. We lose who we are. We don't know who we belong to. And this is where the predicament where they fell into. They were captive. They haven't seen the hand of God moving so long that they forgot who they were and sometimes we become clouded in our situation let it be sinner let it be just mistakes that we make in our life we begin to forget who we are like the sister uh, sister over there was was talking about the your cousin or your nephew your childhood friend and he, he you know he was a, a christian rapper and now he's in the world and and, 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 and and that brought me to that th- like when we we lose our faith we forget who we are and it's it's so crucial the, the bible says without faith it is what impossible to everything is through faith salvation wasn't something you work for because if not you have you, then you have all the reason to boast for it. If you obtain salvation because of your works, you'll be like, wow, that's salvation. I earned it. You know, like if it's a, a patch on, on your, like a badge of honor that you wear. But no, God, God gave it to you, not because you asked for it. Not because you asked for it. He sent his son to die, regardless of it. It was through faith. Everything. If you look throughout the entire Bible, Faith is a crucial part of life. If we can't believe, then how could we ever receive? Now, the people began to feel completely hopeless. Their faith was reaching a breaking point. And this is the part where God steps in. God begins to reintroduce himself. And let's let's read verse 15. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. He begins reminding them that He is Yahweh, that He is the I Am, He is the self existence, He is the active, He is the ever present God. israel lo que el es el es yahweh el es es el dios que siempre ha estado con ello and sometimes we need to be reminded of that sometimes god allows us to go through situations so that way he can reintroduce himself in our life and says i've always been with you i've always continued to be with you and i will, will and i'll be with you but you see god doesn't forget us we forget him So that's why sometimes God got to remind us of who he is. And sometimes we go through situations just like Israel did. That we are captive. Algunas veces pasamos por situaciones como Israel. Y nosotros estamos cautivos en nuestras situaciones. Yo no sé qué situación usted está pasando en esta noche. O cuando tú entraste. I don't know what situations you're going through. Before you came here. But God is reminding you that He is the I am, that He is the all-powerful. He's reminding you, He's reintroducing Himself that He is God and He's always been God in your life. But sometimes we take, we take our eyes off and um, and we begin to focus on the situation. Situations begin to cloud our judgment. We see the situation big, but we forget that God is greater. And sometimes it's so difficult to believe. I've been in those shoes. I've gone through situations where my faith was put to the test. My wife and I, we went through a, a nine month period that we were struggling. My wife lost her job two weeks before Christmas. Two weeks before Christmas. And, and it's crazy because when my wife and I were working, we would live paycheck by paycheck, paying the bills. But and then all of a sudden, she loses a job. So now how am I going to do it with one income alone and three mouths to feed to pay the light, the rent, you know, and all the, the other expenses and also food. But those nine months, it's amazing how God works in those nine months. Because with just my salary alone, the rent was paid. The light bill was paid. There was always food in the cabinet. It was amazing. I'm like, how is this possible? And sometimes God got to take you through those things to test your faith So you can begin to believe because sometimes we depend on all the earthly things. Sometimes we depend on our job and we forget on the one that provided us the job to begin with. We begin to depend on the things that are tangible and we forget that the God that we don't see works in our life constantly. And it's crazy because... Like, sometimes, I, 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 I'm going to admit, I'm going to confess, I, would get, I was getting frustrated. And, and there was my wife went to a, a few interviews, and, and sometimes she knows, like, I, I, I would get a little bothered. Babe, why don't you want the job? You know, I was like, this is in the same field. We and she was like, no, it just doesn't feel right. I just, it, it, it doesn't feel right. And I couldn't understand. I said, but babe, we need a job. Like, yeah, God. There we go. Hello? Oh, there we go. How much more are we going to force the hand of God to continue providing? I said, come on, babe. You know, like, we got to do our part too. You know? And she was just like babe you know and, and I know sometimes she'll get discouraged and it is hard it is hard I try to maintain the faith most of the time most of the time I was trying to maintain it we was trying to be strong for each other but there were times that that, that sometimes we lacked a little bit of faith we did and but we had to continue pressing forward and sometimes I had to say no Lord we have I have to continue trusting in you you're going to provide a way you're going to do something I may not understand it, I may not like it, but I need to trust that you're going to do something. Yo tengo que confiar aunque no me gusta lo que está pasando, aunque me siento incómodo, pero yo tengo que creer que tú vas a hacer algo. Like if, if it, like I have to say it until I believe it. And sometimes we got to say it out loud, it's kind of like, like you. it's like words of me. it's like you kind of motivating yourself. You know, and sometimes we go through low points in our life that sometimes we just got to look in the mirror and be like, Lord, I got to trust in you. You're going to do something. and We got to continue saying it until we believe it. Nine months later, my wife gets a job. Finally, a job. But a job that she loves. Getting paid way more than what she was getting paid. And the workload is this small. She tells me, babe, I'm not even stressed. She said, now I understand how underpaid I was when I was working in the other job. And it was just amazing because it was like, wow. You know, God was already preparing something. And that's, this, this is what God was doing with Israel. He was like, I'm preparing something. But I don't even want to go ahead. Let's go back to the, to, to the reintroducing. Sometimes it's just way too easy to lose faith. It's way too easy sometimes. We, we lose faith for any little thing. The moment the situation comes in our life, we lose faith. We lose hope. We like, well, I, I've been doing good. Why is this going on? Why are other people that are not even acknowledging you doing better than I am? So what does God remind himself? He reminds them about himself. He is the creator. He continues, says, the creator of Israel. God's people didn't come being by accident. You did not come here by accident. You were created with a plan and a purpose. The Lord was saying to them in many words, I created you, you are mine. God is telling us through this message that I created you. You are mine. I will protect you. I will comfort you. I will not leave you alone. You will not be alone. I will be your shield. I will be your fortress. I will be your provider. And finally, he reminds them, I am your king. And... Israel had to be reminded of that because they were captive under the king of Babylon. Israel, yo tenía que recordar a Israel que él es el rey de ellos, no el rey de Babilonia. They were, they only recognized the king as an an oppressor. Who is the king in your life? Who is your king? Has your situations been your king? That you've been held captive under your situation, under that king? Or is God the ruler of your situation? Is God the maker? Is God the creator? Is God the provider in your life? Even though at this very moment you don't see it. Is God your king? And that's sometimes we get distracted of that. He makes a way through the sea. Let's continue on with verse sixteen. Verse sixteen says, "Who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters?" What do you think God is saying here? Like I, was, I, I was like, it's it's crazy. What does the sea have to do with their current predicament? People probably wonder, okay, Lord, there ain't no waters around here. There ain't no rivers. What are you talking about? What God was reminding them was about a previous time in Egypt during Exodus. Where Israel was facing a certain death. But God liberated them. See, in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, you don't have to turn. just You just hear it out because I'm going to be going back to 43. It says, um, 17 through 18, it says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go... God did not lead him along the main roads that runs through the Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route to the promised land. Did you just hear that? Even though it was the shortest route? You know, God has a tendency that when he takes you to the promise he has in your life, he doesn't take you to the shortcut. He takes you the long way. You see, you you know, like sometimes we we like the shortcuts. But there's something about the long way around that God likes to take you through. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to take you through the long way because there are things you have to learn. There are things you have to go through. I got to work with you before you get to the promised land. And right now, whatever situation you're going through, God is working something out right now that he's preparing you to take you to the promised land. Now, I don't know what is that promise that God has bestowed upon your life. I don't know what is that calling or what that blessing that God has promised you in your life. But God is taking you the long way, not because he wants to torture you, but because he's working through your situation. He ain't taking you through the shortcut because what are you going to learn? Through the shortcut. But, you know, sometimes God does take you the short road. I'm not, because God could do whatever he wants. But remember, God operates on his time. But check this out. This is where where the Israelites were, this is what you call the honeymoon phase. All right? They were motivated. They were on fire. Verse 18, um, I'll continue. He said, um, God said, if the people are faced with battle, this is the reason why God took them the long way. If they're faced with battle, might change their mind and return back to egypt verse 18 says so god led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the red sea thus the israelites left egypt like an army ready for battle like i'm looking at them like look at them they they look so cute look at them they're all ready for battle look they're all motivated they're on fire Qué lindo qué lindo but god knew they weren't ready God knew they weren't ready. They were like, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, at the moment, you start running away. You know, like, it's that first hit. That's it. They're, they're fleeing. And that's what God knew. God was like, you know what? I'm going to take you to the long way. You're going to get to the promise, but it's going to take you a little longer. Longer. Israel's journey continues. Their God-ordained path became more difficult and culminated in the, into a dead end. We see here in, four, in, in chapter 14, 1 through 3. So they're, they're walking. And you, they already know God already liberated them or whatever. But, they, but God knew that Pharaoh was going to change his mind. He was going to go after them. But God has taken them in the long way. And then verse 1 through 3 in chapter 14 says, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi, uh, Pi Hi, thrith, man these names man thank God you, you, there's no street avenues with these names between Migdal and the sea camp along the shore across from Baal Saphon then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused they are trapped in the wilderness and sometimes Our journey may lead through overwhelming situations where we may feel trapped. We may feel that we reached a dead end in our life. Like, why why has God let me into a dead end? And I felt like that when we went through our situation, that, that dry season in our life. I felt like we reached a dead end like, what's going on here? God, you 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 you've taken us from a church. You told us to leave a church cuz you gave us the green light to a church where we don't know anyone from a hole in the wall, but you've been opening doors. And all of a sudden this is happening in our life. We we just been nothing but obedient to you. We we left a, a church where where we were where we were so comfortable in. My wife grew up in that church. Um when I gave myself to the Lord again, I, I gave myself to the Lord in that church and that's where I met my wife. So it was a place where I was able to restore myself and, and, and we left. It was hard for us to leave, but we had to leave in faith because God was telling us it was time to go. I was like, Lord, we was just being, was we being obedient to every single thing we did, but why, why we reached a dead end? Why now? When well, we needed it the most. And what God was teaching us is like, you need it the most. You need me the most. And sometimes we go through our situations because we need to recheck ourselves. Because we're depending too much or we're getting too comfortable. And we're forgetting just a little bit about God. And sometimes God got to put us in check. And be like, got to reevaluate yourself. He He makes a way. When there is no way. Israel faced an impossible task where they were pinned against the water. And 13 through 14 said, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. just Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you. It's awesome. Because Moses is telling, yeah, just, stay, just chill. Just chill one second. God is going to take care of it. God will rescue you. And many times... We try to rescue ourselves. If you're drowning, you're drowning. You're not going to tell the lifeguard, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm trying to save myself. Right? It, it sounds kind of funny, right? You're drowning and you're telling the lifeguard, that's all right. I don't need that. I'm, I'm going to try to do it myself. I'm okay. No. God... Moses is saying, Yo, just, be, just be still, don't do anything, don't fight, don't try to work it out, don't try to strategize, don't try to think of an escape plan of what's going to happen, or don't, don't, don't even think about, okay, maybe we should reconsider going back to Egypt. Maybe, um, you know, I heard they had, you know, a pretty good dental plan, you know, you know, the benefits weren't all that, but at least the dental plan was pretty on point there. You know, like, you know, maybe maybe I won't lose all the benefits. Maybe I'll just get a, a few slashes and and that's it. I mean, you know, losing an arm, I still got the other one. You know, it's okay. You know, I do half the job, but still, you know, I could still I'm still breathing. But Moses saying, like, no, be still. The Lord is going to rescue you. And many times we try to do things on our own. We try to work out our own situations, and all we do is we just make it worse. And all God was, yo, just be still. Be still. I'm going to work it out for you. And, and, and throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, you know what God is always dealing with us? With our patience. We're some impatient human beings. We look at, we look at Abraham and Sarah. They were impatient. We look at Moses, he was impatient. Many people throughout the Bible, God always deals with our patience. That's why he said, just be still. Because in us being still, we are declaring total dependency on God. By staying still, you're not defeated, you're not throwing in the white towel. No, you're allowing God to do what you know you cannot do because now you're allowing God to do the impossible. And that's what God wanted to do all this time. You step aside and let me show you what I can do, what I've been anticipating to do. But sometimes we don't see the hand of God because we're too preoccupied and trying to fix our own situations. He tell, Moses told them, Just be still. Don't be afraid. The Lord is going to rescue you today. The the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. God is telling us, if you be still and you allow him to work through your situation, that situation, that crisis, that temptation, that habit, that thing that you're going through that you've been struggling, you're not going to see it again if you allow me to work through you. If you you step aside and you allow me to work in your life, you don't have to think about that thing anymore. That thing doesn't have to hold you captive. That situation no longer will will put fear in your life. Then he said, The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. It should be a t-shirt, right? Keep calm and God will fight for you. When Mo- and let's jump to verse 21 it says, uh, through 22. It says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea. The Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of waters on each side. So this is what God wanted the people of Israel in this day, in chapter 43, to remember. This was the whole purpose of saying, I am the God. I will walk you through the deep waters. He was trying to remind them of what he did in the past. And sometimes God has to remind us of what he took you out of. Sometimes he got to remind you, remember when you was in the situation and I got you out of that situation? Remember when you was going through this? Remember when I healed you? And sometimes we got to remember that. Sometimes we forget. And sometimes God brings it back. He's like, remember, I could still do that in your life. I'm still powerful. I'm still mighty. I'm still in your life. He wanted to make a way through the sea. Let's break, let's break this thought a little, water, uh, a little further. From what we've been looking at here and examining the scripture, it is clear that they, were, that, that they were following a design plan. And it led straight to the mighty waters. And that's what sometimes God does in our life. We may look like, wait, God, you're leading me here. Why am I in a dead end? Why are you leading me to the mighty waters, which it's impossible to cross? I don't have enough time to get on a boat and roll my way out there. And this is, this, is what's, this is what's awesome about God. Because God doesn't want you to go on a boat and roll your way to the other side. Because and then that would be you saving yourself and solving your own problem. What God wants to do is that he wants to open the Red Sea in your life so it won't be about you, but it will be all about him. He don't want you to roll through your problems. No, he says, let me take care of your problems. I will guide you through it. Now, let's let's get back to uh, chapter 43. Verse 2 says, when you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not burn up. The flames will not consume you. God is is telling you when, not if, or when. We will go through problems. We will go through situations. We will go through temptations. We will go through struggles. We will go through things in our life that sometimes we cannot handle. But God gave us a promise. He says, I promise you, you're going to go through this. But I also promise you that I will be with you. You see, let's take a quick look at through. Now, wouldn't it, wouldn't it sound awesome if the scripture says when you go around the deep waters... Right? Right? When you go around the deep waters, I'll be with you. Or you know what would it sound even better? If you go over the waters, I will be with you. Right? Kind of like you're levitating over the waters. But if you're going over the problem, then you can't possibly be going through it. God doesn't want you to go around the deep waters. God doesn't want you to go over the deep waters. He wants you to go through the deep waters. You see, we got to go through the rough times. We got to go through those situations in our life that God has to work with us. If God takes you around it, then what are you learning? You know, and, and I'm, I'm taking myself back when, when, when I was a kid. See, I was, I was born, I was raised in the 80s when, um, when Nintendo was first created. Right? How many of you here remember Nintendo, right? Super Mario Brothers. Right here. There you go. And, there we go. You know, And, and then when you play Jeremiah, and you, play, and you didn't have a partner to play with Jeremiah with. You had to wait for the robot to move. It, it, like It was, it was crazy. Like, uh, and then Duck Hunt, right? You, had to, you put the, the gun right on the screen to cheat. And and, and, and you know, I re- I I kind of picture our life kind of like a video game. I'm not saying your life is a game. But it's, there was this game I used to love when I was a kid. It, when, in Nintendo, the 8-bit Nintendo. Oh, man, that was awesome. Now it's like, forget it. Like, all these games I was just, like, revolutionized. But I love the pixelated games, the two-dimensional boards. And, you know, like, you only saw the side face. But... There used to be this game I used to love called Kung Fu. You know? And, um, and it, it, it this is where I re- it kind of pictures, it, just so you can have a visual picture of your life. Because the way the game was made, and the way most games were made, especially in Nintendo, since they were two-dimensional, there was always levels. So when you pass one level, you go to the second floor, you know, and, you, you know. but every level you went to, there was always, you encounter a more difficult boss. But whenever you overcame that boss, then the rewards would be greater, right? Until you reach your goal. And that's kind of how our life is. We go through different levels of difficulties in our life. See, when we give our life to Christ God didn't say, well, you're you're okay now. No, Jesus said, you will be persecuted. You will go through struggles. You will go through situations. He didn't sugarcoat it, but I will be with you. And what's amazing is that whenever you pass a level in your life, there is a greater reward that God bestows upon your life. And when you overcome a greater obstacle in your life, then God bestows a greater reward upon your life. You see, God just loves rewarding us and blessing us. But we have to confide that He is with us. So we not we, we not around, not over, because God doesn't want to take us over our our situation. God wants us to take us through. When the when the disciples were in the boat in the midst of the storm, they were in the midst of the storm. They weren't around the storm. They weren't over the storm. But they were in the storm. And that's the best teaching that when God begins to work in our life is when we're in the storm. Because we begin to confine Him. We begin to learn. We begin to grow. God is not doing it to torture you or to beat you down. No, no. He's doing it because there is a greater blessing behind that. But you have to go through this. you got to go through this. And, and, and what's crazy is that God is not punishing He's rooting for us. He says, I know you can do this. Just let me do it for you. And you're going to be able to do it. Now, I'm almost done with this. Isaiah, verse 8 through 19 says, Now, mind you, God just just started telling them everything that he did. In Exodus, all right, remind them in chapter 43. He's like, Let me give you, let me reintroduce myself, all right. But in then in verse 18, he says, but Forget all that. You're after God just reminded him, he said, But forget all that. Don't don't know that stuff. That's you, but God is crazy like that. God is crazy like that. He will tell you, Remember this, but then he said, Forget about that. Why are you thinking about that? And that's how crazy God is. God, God just loves to mess with us. He's And then he, mess, he messes with them even more. He said, like, forget about all that. It is nothing compared to what I am about to do in your life. And that's what he's doing. He's like, he's like think about what, what I did in your life. Now forget about that because what I'm about to do in your life now is even greater than what I did in the past. You see, what God was trying to teach Israel is that, not to dawn on the God who was, uh, but on the God who is. And, and many times, we think about God on the God who was. Oh, yeah, God did this in my life. Or sometimes when we go through a situation, I know God will do something. But we forget about of the God who is right now in your life, in the midst of your situation right now. That he's working in you in the midst of the silence. That sometimes you are going through a situation, you don't feel God is there. But God is there present in your situation. Then he continues in verse 19. He says, for I am about to do something new. And this is what God God always loves to do something new. He doesn't like to dwell on the past. He's like, "Ah, that was nice. I, I did that, but check this out now. I'm about to do something new in your life. And God always likes to do something new. He doesn't like to recycle things. He likes to create new things. He is our creator. He's in the business of just creating something new. See, I've already begun. With an exclamation point, you see, I already begin doing it. But sometimes we don't see it because we're we're dawning on the God who was. You see, we we don't serve the I was. We serve the I am. and and and. and, and they were in a situation where God was already doing something in their life, but they couldn't see it. So he had to now remind them of the God who he was. So that way they can see of the God who is right now. And sometimes we go through situations like that where God has to remind us who he was in your life so that way you can see who he is right now in your life in the current situation. He says, you see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in dry wasteland. He's doing the impossible. He's like, you know what? You see where you are, the desert, the wasteland? There's going to be water coming out of there. That's going to be your blessing. I was in a dry season but in the midst of my wasteland, God provided water. I entered into a new season in my life. You can enter into a new season in your life. I don't know what season you're going through right now, but God wants to take you out of that season of now and put you in a new season right now. See, after God reminded him of the past, he said, just forget about it. And we, we, we have a tendency of, of dawning on that, on the God of the past. Or maybe on the God who can do something. We, let, let me hold on to that little shred of hope. And, and maybe God will do something in my life maybe I'll see something I gotta believe something but sometimes it's hard to see the hand of God move currently in your life when everything is still, when everything is quiet when we don't hear the voice of God that is when God is working the most in our life because he's preparing something in our life he's moving things around in our life because what you're about to receive in a little while he had to do it now, he had to prepare it now so you can receive it later amen? He will make a way. And, and, and later on, he would say he was, he, he was going to return everyone from exile. He was going to restore things even better. And that's what he does in our life. And I'm just going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads, close your eyes. And I just want you to meditate. Think about. Verse 21, he said, And I made Israel for myself. And they will someday honor me, they will praise me before the whole world. And he goes on to say that may they proclaim my praise right now while you have your eyes closed right now you may be going you may be in a place where Hallelujah. you can't where you can see the mighty waters rising around you the trials and difficulties of this life may be coming against you in a way that, seems that there is no way out. If so, please remember that God is the one that makes a way when there is no way. So we can once again proclaim his praises. If, if you're going through a situation, I'm not going to ask you to come up or whatever. You could just lift up your hands there where you're and and I'm just going to do a general prayer. Because... I believe in the omniscient God that he, that he can read all thoughts and know your hearts and at this very moment where you're at God can touch you. And while you lift your hands or maybe you're just too afraid to lift up your hands of what you're going through but there where you're at just open your heart at this very moment and begin to receive what God desires to give you that we may allow to feel God once again in our lives. Father, Lord, we come before your holy, divine presence, my Lord Jesus. We believe in your omnipotent power, my Lord. We believe, my Lord, that you can do the impossible, my Lord. Lord, at this very moment, I pray that you reactivate our faith this evening, my Lord Jesus that our faith may reaffirm once again in you, my Lord Jesus, that you are the all-powerful, that you have always been with us, that you have never left us, that you work through us in the silence, that you are, my Lord Jesus, our provider, my Lord, that this evening we begin to understand that, that, Lord, this evening we begin to understand That you have opened doors in our life, my Lord, escape routes in our life, my Lord. That we can escape through certain situations in our life, my Lord Jesus. That only you can do it, my Lord. Lord, that you may rescue us from situations that we place ourselves in. But because of your grace and mercy, that we can call upon you in the day of trouble. And you will be there to rescue us, your word says. That at this very moment, my Lord, that we may begin to believe, my Lord, that even though we don't see changes in our life, that we may begin to believe that you're still working right now in our life. That you are doing something in our life. That you may reaffirm our faith. That, Lord, that if we can place that little bit of faith in you, my Lord, That we can move mountainous impossibilities in your name, my Lord. That through our faith, my Lord Jesus, we can begin walking on water, my Lord Jesus. That through our faith, my Lord, that we can see your mighty hand, my Lord, move in our lives, my Lord Jesus. That you begin to provide a way when there is no way, when the enemy is telling us you are trapped. That's when you provide a way in our lives, my Lord Jesus. All this we ask, my Lord Jesus, that you begin to move your mighty hand among us, my Lord Jesus. Enter our hearts, my Lord. And if there's any individual, my Lord, here that that wishes, that desires to give their life to you, my Lord Jesus, after hearing this word, that's saying, I want to worship that God, that God, that I, I... That I didn't know that he was with me in my struggles. I didn't know he was with me when I was out there, my Lord. But now I can see that you have always been there with me, Lord. That you may hear their cry. That you may hear their plea at this very moment. That you may reach their lives, my Lord Jesus. That they may begin to feel your presence and accept your salvation, my Lord Jesus. All this I ask in your name. Amen and amen.